You are listening to the Juro Cinco Podcast with Tia and Ria. Welcome to Eurosynchro Podcast. It's Ria. And my name is Tia. Welcome. And today we have a special guest, our friend and former teammate, Ida Hellström. Welcome, Ida. Thank you. It's so nice to have you here. So today we wanted to talk with you about the fact that you're uh, well, ex uh, Marigold Ice Unity skater, but uh, nowadays you're also a lawyer. Then you're a coach, also a technical specialist, and also member of the ISU Athletes Commission. <laughs> so you're a multi-talent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try to balance all of that. <laughs> so how are you? Uh, I'm good, thank you. It's obviously been a challenging year with the COVID pandemic, like for everyone else as well. But, um, well, I'm lucky in that sense that I get to work from home and try to stay healthy. So everything is well. Good to hear. So let's start from your Marigold Ice Unity career. Um, what did you learn from your career? And did you get any skills that you cherish forever during your skating career? Well, I think I learned a lot, especially skating with you two for, I think, almost 10 years together. Um, but I think the most important things that I learned were that you really need to work hard for your goals, no matter if it's in sports or something else in your life. And then it also taught you how to get along with different people and and to appreciate the different ways of handling things because people are different and you just have to have to get well along with everyone. So I think that was a really, really important learning that has also brought me quite far in other parts of life. Yeah, definitely. Those skills that you learn in synchronized skating are the ones that you can use in your working life or anywhere else in, in your life. Yeah, I think that the teamworking skills are in the now world, in the working world, very, very important. And everybody really loves that you have mm. the team working skills. Yeah, yeah, mm. for sure. Uh, can you tell us a little bit uh, what were your favorite memories or favorite moments from your skating career? Um, well, obviously all of the senior world championships were amazing experiences. And, but I think the most important memories are still the everyday life practices with the team because those were the moments where you really got to be together with your friends and the team and work together towards the goals that you had. And then you just went to the competition to sort of showcase that work. So I'd say the everyday training life. Yeah, it's the journey, not the goal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cliche, but so true. <laughs> Well, so you're also coaching at the time and you're also a technical specialist. Why did you continue with the sport this way? Um, well, when I retired from Marigold in 2016, I just felt that that I wanted to continue with the sport and be involved in some way. And I had always been really interested in the rules and how 
how the officiating side of skating works. So it felt like a quite natural step to start the education towards becoming a technical specialist. And uh, and the coaching side, I, I really like it. But since I have my full-time job as a legal counsel, I, I only coach like once a week and it's more like a hobby to me. But but I love to do that and continue with that because it keeps me involved and it, I get to go to the ice rink every week and it just makes me really happy. So, yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very important to all of our all of us that have skated to have this some kind of link to the ice rink and coaching is the way you can <laughs> <Yeah>. have it. <laughs> yeah. So does your technical specialist's background help you in coaching? Um, well, of course it does a bit, but then again, I'm, I'm coaching an adult team with a few other, other coaches. So it, it definitely does help, but since their competition might not be as serious at it, as it is in, in other categories, I think the most important part in that that category is still just to have fun and enjoy skating. So I try to bring bring some of the knowledge I have, but then sort of balance between the having fun and and being not and not being too serious about it. And uh, your mom is also a judge, so you could say that uh, you followed uh, in her footsteps, so to speak. Yeah, I guess so, and I think that's might be one of the reasons why I was so interested in the rules at such an early stage because I I could see from home what it's like to be an international level judge and what what opportunities you have in skating after retiring from competitive sports. So, yeah, I, I think it has been a really important role model for me and I remember also when we were skating together you were always the one who knew all the rules yeah. and <laughs> everyone asked from you and we listened to you so mm-hmm. it's yeah I think when we were young when we didn't know anything of the rules we just skated for fun and mm. you always knew yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we always asked Ida can you help us yeah. what was this thing and When you were watching the seniors or juniors skate, I think you always knew that, yeah, these are doing this and this and this. <laughs> so we have good memories. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's good to hear. <laughs> uh, do you have some goals uh, as a technical specialist? What are you aiming for? Well, I would love to be on the international level at some point but I know that that takes time and I really need to get a lot more experience before I can even think of that but that would be super cool to some sometime in the future to get to that point. Which categories are you allowed to judge or uh, at the moment? Um, well I can be a technical specialist at interclub competitions for all categories um, and then I can do the mixed age adult juvenile so-called finish like national level categories at all competitions and then i might be able to go to some qualifier for the more advanced categories but mostly it's still the a bit lower categories that i i get to judge as a or officiate as a technical specialist but i'm hoping to to get get there one day But it's also a good thing that you need to gain a lot of experience. 
So I can really see you in the international judging skiing. I think it's very your style. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but it's it's gonna take time, and we'll see if I'm that lucky that I will ever get there. Mm, yeah. Mm. Well, uh, as if someone wants to apply as a technical specialist to the training, who can apply to that and how? Um, well, uh, basically anyone who's interested in the sport. Mostly the technical specialists are former skaters or coaches who have that big knowledge of the sport. Um, the Finnish Figure Skating Association holds these uh, training courses every year typically during the fall and you can enroll to those courses and and then you'll be there for roughly one weekend for the course where they explain how everything works and so on and then you have to um, do a couple of training competitions where more experienced technical panel members evaluate how well you do and then After that, you still you also have to take a test with the Finnish Figure Skating Association. Um, at least my test involved a written part, and then also a practical part where you had to had to call the elements from a video, just like you would do in a competition. So it takes about a year to make it through the training, and it has lots of different parts. But I at least I felt that it was worth it because then you. You were really ready to go to the competitions when you, once you had completed that training. But anyone who's interested can go and see if that would be their thing. And I really encourage everyone to do that. Perfect. Yeah. Do you have any tips for anyone who would like to apply? Or is it that uh, just go there and uh, do that? <laughs> um, well, you have to do quite a lot of work on your own. Like there is the course and you get a lot of support, but it still requires a lot of work from yourself. And um, I mean, no one can learn the rules on behalf of you. So you need to be prepared for that. And it's also a constant learning process because, the, well, we all know that the rules um, are updated every year. So you need to keep updated on everything. And, and that requires a lot of work that probably not the skaters really see because that's something you do at home before you go to a competition. So it's not just the competition. It's a lot of work already before that. Yeah, yes. and you have a good point there because yeah. as a skater, you probably don't see how much the technical specialists or judges are doing at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So you talked how you can apply in Finland. Do you know how in other countries around the world? Is it similar or... Well, I guess it varies a bit. I, I know that some of the big countries have their own training systems for national level officials. Um, but then there's also the possibility to go through the ISU training because they have different levels of training for national level technical specialists and judges and for international level officials. So, so if a country isn't really up to making their own training, they can ask for help from the ISU and, and send their their new officials to an ISU seminar for the training. So it varies depending on the country. Oh, yeah. cool. that is good to know. Yeah, that's very good to know. The Jurosynchro Podcast. So you were also elected to the ISU Athlete Commission. Um, tell us a little bit more about it. What is it? What do you do? 
everything. <laughs> okay, so um, the ISU Athletes Commission is an ISU body that consists of five former or current athletes. And there is one representative from each ISU sport. So there's me for synchronized skating. Then we have a representative for singles and pairs figure skating and one representative for ice dance. And then in addition to that, we have one representative for speed skating and one for short track speed skating. So it's a really big group of or well, five, five people group of former or current skaters, and we represent all disciplines under the ISU umbrella. Um, and well, our goal is to to represent the athletes in the ISU and bring their voice forward, so that all decisions that are made would also consider what the athletes think, how they feel, what they would think is best. And um, we try to collect the opinions from as many athletes as we can and then bring those opinions forward to the ISU. So how much time do you, does it take when you're in the Athletes Commission? How many work hours do you have? Um, well, that varies a lot. Um, Usually we have one Athletes Commission meeting, like a physical meeting. So we travel somewhere and meet for one or two days with the whole Athletes Commission. And then in addition to that, I am um, very lucky to get to participate in the Synchronized Skating Technical Committee meetings from time to time. So those are usually also um, somewhere in a location where it's relatively easy for everyone to travel to so so those obviously take time because it requires the traveling but um, well right now with the COVID pandemic all the trips have of course been cancelled so I've spent a lot of time in different Zoom meetings and Skype calls trying to <laughs> figure out everything that would normally have been discussed in those meetings um, But I would say that the COVID pandemic has definitely increased the work amount because we try to figure out what what the best ways to handle this situation would be for the athletes. So um, we've had quite a lot of Skype and Zoom calls with the Athletes Commission and both and the Technical Committee. And then we also, I think we're writing emails back and forth almost every week. So... So it's quite a lot, but then again, I mean, I, re I really enjoy doing it. So it doesn't feel like it's too much. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> important. Yeah, yeah. So why did you apply to the Athletes Commission? Uh, well, I had actually thought about it already when I retired in 2016, but then I, I didn't have the courage to, <laughs> to apply yet. But... Um, Then I applied in 2019 and luckily got elected. Um, I just felt like the skating journey had given me so much and taught me so much that I just felt that it's my time to give something back to the skating community and, and work for the athletes because it quite often feels that That we have really good people in the ISU and they're really working hard to make everything work for the skaters. 
But then it sort of also felt that it would be good to have a bit more influence from the skater side to the ISU. So I felt that this would be a really good, op- good opportunity to do that. So that's why. That Perfect. sounds very, very good. Yeah. And it's true <laughs> what you said that uh, as a skater, I think the ISU is quite far away, yeah. so to speak. So maybe now you're in the middle. Uh, to talk back and forth with the ISU and with the skaters. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's really true what you said, Tia, and that's that has been one of our main goals in the Athletes Commission to to sort of be a bridge between the ISU and the skaters, so that they would feel that the ISU is really working for them and being near their lives instead of just being something really far away that you don't really see. Besides uh, what you just said, are you able to give us any other? examples uh, what kind of goals uh, does the athletes commission have or what kind of goals you have in the athletes commission uh, well the athletes commission talked a lot about increasing the visibility of skating in generals which would attract hopefully more sponsors more media attention and more publicity to all skating in general so that was one of our main goals because that would benefit all of our skaters as well and um, well for me personally when it comes to synchronized skating I hope that we could really um, raise the awareness of synchronized skating within the ISU because synchronized skating is still a quite limited sport it it doesn't cover all ISU members so I really hope that we could spread the word and and have many more teams in different countries. And well, of course, there's the Olympic dream for synchronized skating. I guess that's something that everyone has been waiting for for years now. So that's definitely one one important topic. And um, yeah, I guess those, those would be the most important ones. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, what are your personal Uh, opinion about the synchronized skating being Olympic sport one day because in the Eurosynchro Express show the Philip was just talking about um, about the elite 12 category uh, what thoughts do you have for that well I think that it's good that we're trying something new and trying to figure out what the way to the Olympics would be and Since it has been quite clear that the International Olympic Committee does not want to increase the amount of athletes because the Winter Olympic Games are already now a huge event and they actually require the ISU to reduce the number of single skaters and pairs and ice dancers at the next Winter Olympic Games. So so I think that this is a good initiative for us to try and see if reducing the, the amount of skaters in our teams would be the solution for us to become an Olympic sport. We, of course, don't know yet if if it would, will work, but I think it's really important that we are thinking about it and trying to find solutions to the, to the issue and because it would be amazing for our athletes to get the Olympic status. I think it would bring them the respect that they really deserve in front of everyone. We all know that we as synchronized skaters, of course, have a huge respect for all our skaters. But I think that the Olympic status would would sort of expand that and show everyone that we are an elite sport just like everyone else. Yes, exactly. 
Yeah, that was very, very well said. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I think 12 skaters in synchronized ice skating is quite small amount, you can't do so big and mm, the elements. And yeah, the, but but on the other hand, it's uh, worth trying. Yes, and I mean. If we don't even try it, we will never know how it will look like. So, so I think it's good that we're trying this because it's only after that that we can say if it really works or not. And if we would go to the 12 or the elite 12, we would of course have to see if we have to amend some of the current rules so that the elements will will flow in a better way with 12 skaters. It might require some changes, but. But if that's the road to the Olympics, I think everyone would be willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we cannot wait. Uh, what happens? We're eager to hear yeah. all the, <laughs> what will happen and uh, what amends will be made. Yeah, and, yeah. That was thinking that now that if there is coming an elite twelve, maybe we need to go back. <laughs> well, maybe we need to go back skating because now we're not. <laughs> we haven't done it in the top. Yeah. If the elite is the new top. Thank you so much. I have one more question um, about the athletes' commission. Um, if people, if athletes want to contact you, in what matters they can ask you? What uh, what can they talk with you, and how can they contact you? Uh, well, they can talk about anything that they feel would be important to bring forward to the ISU. I mean, I can't guarantee that I can solve every problem that they have, but I can promise that I will try. So, so I, I would actually be really happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) have to put in a disclaimer (laughs) for this. (laughs) But um, I actually hope that uh, the skaters and teams would have the courage to contact us more, because that's what we're here for. So, so I really hope that they would be more in contact. And um, if someone wants to contact me, then. they can try do that through social media. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, my email address is also there. So any way that the team or skaters feel comfortable with is fine for me. Just as long as they make the contact. Yeah. 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 And I hope if there's somebody listening to this podcast, take your courage and really take contact to Ida because... Mm. She can make difference. Tia, Ria, the podcast. We have uh, still one quick thing for you. This <laughs> or that questions. Five mm-hmm. questions. Uh, there's two options, and don't think too much. Just, uh, <laughs> just uh, pick either one of them. All right. All Are right. you ready? Yes. Group lifts or pair lifts. Group lifts. Wheel or intersection? Wheel. Rocker or counter? Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, (laughs) Counter. Uh, Sunshine or snow? Definitely sunshine. (laughs) Spins or jumps? Um, I'm going to say jumps. Perfect. You were a great guest, Ida. We are so honored that you are here with us today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. It was really fun to discuss with you guys. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. And for the next episode, 
We will have some funny, embarrassing, awkward stories to tell. So keep tuned. Bye. Bye. To continue talking about synchronized skating, subscribe to this podcast. The musical theme of this show was created by Scatmix.pro and Carl Hugo.